Hi, you're listening to my mom, Kat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, can I listen to it? Hey, my name is Kat Lee, and I want to welcome you to the Inspired to Action podcast. I hope this show is the pep talk that you need as a mom, a reminder that what you do every day is life-changing, and it matters more deeply than you could ever imagine. Out of all the women in the world, God chose you to be the mother of your children because you are special and amazing and he has called you and he will equip you. So thank you for serving your family, for loving your children fearlessly and for fighting to be a great mom. This episode is for you. Let's jump right in. Hey friend, welcome to the Inspired to Action podcast and thanks for letting me join you in whatever it is that you're working on right now. Maybe you're going for a run or doing some laundry or maybe you're having a wonderful blessed minute to yourself. Whatever it is, thank you for letting me be a part of it. I love podcasting and it's been so fun for me to do and I'm thankful that you're joining me in this journey and I want to say thank you of course to our show sponsor plantoeat.com. You know, I had one of those weeks this week. We went to the Baylor TCU football game this weekend and stayed up way too late. And I've been up way too late all week long and just never been a little bit off track all week. And so it was one of those weeks where I'm super thankful that Plan to Eat has saved menus where I've made a meal plan in the past and I can just click a button, drag it onto my calendar and go to the store and be done with meal planning in literally 10 seconds because I used that feature today, actually. In my ideal world, I would have had created a very wonderful meal plan to share with you. In reality, I pulled out an old one because, y'all, this is real life, and actually this is why I like Plan to Eat. So be sure to go to inspiredtoaction.com forward slash plan to eat to check out their free trial. And then in the show notes, I share all the recipes that I'm going to be making this week. So be sure to check that, that out as well. I also have another fun announcement for you. I will be doing a parenting webinar with Amy McCready in a couple weeks, and I would love for you to join us. I have done these webinars with her for several years now, and every single time I learn something new. She's been featured in the New York Times and on the Rachel Ray Show and the Today Show and all these different outlets, and she comes and does a webinar for us about once every quarter, and I look forward to it every single time. She is full of grace and full, full, full of wisdom and great simple strategies for parenting. So go to inspiredtoaction.com forward slash webinar to be sure to sign up for that. Now, I also wanted, because you guys are kind of my special friends, I feel like those of you that listen to the podcast are just my closest friends, the ones that I want to share all the new things that are happening with you. And I have been approached lately about writing a book. And so I podcast actually because I don't like to write all that much. So I really would love to know from you guys if that's a format that you're interested in. Because if it's not, then I don't want to spend the time and headbanging on my keyboard trying to write something. So if you have a minute, I would love it if you would just go to the inspiredtaction.com and in the comments of this podcast, let me know, is that, is that a format that you're interested in? Would you be interested in me writing a book? Or do you prefer this podcast format or video format or something else? 
Uh, I'd love I'd love your feedback, honestly, because you guys are my core and I want to know what you think about that. And I don't want to head in a direction that you guys aren't interested in. So I'd love it if you would leave a comment on that. Now, today's guest is Sarah McKenzie, and we're talking all about reading. And if you know me at all or have followed me on Instagram or Facebook, you'll know that our family loves to read. I mentioned that I went to the BU-TCU football game this weekend. It is the great. It was the greatest comeback in Baylor University history. We won 61-58 on a last-second uh, field goal, and it was just a crazy comeback. We scored like three touchdowns in the last 10 minutes. So there's 46,000 people just screaming their hearts out, going nuts. While my kids read books for the whole football game, they love, love, love to read, and they are always reading. And I don't really know how I instilled this into them, and I don't know even that I did. I think really it was just a product of my husband reading and me reading and them seeing that. And that's what really we're talking about today. How do we develop a culture of reading in our family, even if either we don't have time for it or we don't really like to read all that much? Because honestly, that's me. My husband reads all the time. I have a harder time reading, sitting and reading a book because I get a little distracted. I like, but I like listening to them. And so I try to share that with my kids. So how do we develop that culture in our family? That's what we're talking about today. And Sarah McKenzie blogs at Amongst Lovely, Lovely Things, and she podcasts at Read Aloud Revival. So definitely check out that podcast as well. And without any further chatter from me, let's jump into today's podcast with Sarah McKenzie. Hey, Sarah, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing well. I do kind of want to warn everybody that my wonderful husband scheduled to have cleaners come, you know, like carpet cleaners, which is fantastic, except <laughs> they're still here. So if you hear any sounds in the background, it is my carpets being cleaned. And this is the life of a podcast. Mom, exactly. Right? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> have you ever podcasted with kids in the room? I haven't. I don't know how anybody, I mean, I just, no, I ha they're in the next room. Actually, right now, all six of them are in the next oh, room. Oh my goodness. Well, I <laughs> but, think that's a good intro for, for you to tell us a little bit about your family because six kids, that's a conversation starter. <laughs> it is really. Um, yeah. Or a conversation killer, kind of depending <laughs> on the situation. <laughs> my husband, Andy, and I have six kids. We'd sort of had them in batches, sort of just how it worked out. So our older kids are 12, 11, and 9. And then we've got a few little ones, a two-year-old and twin, one-year-old identical twin boys. So really fun, um, loud and chaotic and pretty wonderful. So I, I homeschool the older ones and just kind of spend my days teaching and managing the chaos, really. That's fantastic. I like how you said batches. It sounds like you like <laughs> cookies or something. Yeah, exactly. Oh, if we just popped a few out at a time. Yeah, and <laughs> if only it was that easy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, with six kids, you're obviously busy and you homeschool and you have your blog and a podcast. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm curious to know, what did you start? You started the blog first or the podcast First. I started the blog first. The blog actually I began in 2009. It was just a family, like a mom blog, kind of a, a place for me to record what we were doing in our homeschool and to keep in touch with family that, you know, lives far away, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And um, it wasn't until about two, well, 
yeah, 2013, end of 2013, that I, I sort of started ramping that up more intentionally. And pretty quickly after I did that, I started thinking about podcasting. But the podcast, I didn't start until about um, six months ago. So April, April of 2014 is when I started the podcast. And tell me a little bit. Well, first of all, your podcast is called the Read Aloud Revival Podcast. And what inspired you to start it? Oh, man. Well, I was turned on to the really tremendous impact that reading aloud can have on on our families a couple of years ago by Andrew Pudua at the Institute for Excellence in Writing. I had been listening to this audio lecture he gives called Nurturing Competent Communicators, and he just talks about the tremendous impact that um, listening to stories or books read aloud, so listening through your ear the tremendous impact that has on your brain, totally different than reading it to yourself. So I thought oh, that's really interesting and really got motivated to read aloud more to my kids. And so we began reading a tremendous amount out loud. And I started seeing all these benefits, not just academically, but actually really noticing the relationship bonding that happens mm-hmm. when a culture of shared reading sort of takes over in the family. And so I got really excited about that and found myself writing about it a lot. And so then I thought, well, I wonder if this would make for a good, interesting podcast. And and it has. It's been really fun. I love that. I'm curious to know, and I don't know if your research dove into this, but would that research about the benefits of listening to a story, does that apply to somebody physically reading there as much as listening to an audiobook together? Do you know if there's any sort of difference in the benefits between those two things? I do. Um, Andrew Pudua says that the the academic benefits or, you know, the intellectual benefits, basically, those would be equal. It's really just hearing these really highly sophisticated and correct language patterns through your ear. So it doesn't matter if it's through a audiobook or through a person. I think the relational benefits, the the happy family memories and the bonds that are created through shared reading, those, of course, are forged better when you're reading with your child. But the audiobooks, they can they can be a real time saver, a real sanity saver, and a great way to fit in more reading aloud when your time is really tight. So mm-hmm. I think they have a really good place in the family. We have a tradition every year our family goes on a big driving vacation. I mean, it's like the, what is that, the National Lampoon? What was that movie, National Lampoons or yeah. something like that? Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, massive. We're always, you know, it's in the car. We're thousands of miles across the country. And so we always listen to the story of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and we love listening to that. Or, or we'll also get um, the Chronicles of Narnia. Or our first trip, we listened to the Little House in the Prairie series. Oh, those are so good so on good. audio. Actually, we, yeah. I really think those are better on audio than they could be read aloud because mm-hmm. the, they have a lot of really long descriptive passages that could be kind of tricky yes. to read aloud. But Cherry Jones, uh, are those the versions that you listen yes, to? Yes, so yeah. good. Yeah, We yeah. may have driven extra a couple days just, just to keep listening because yeah. it was so good and so exciting. So, it's so yeah. great when you've been in the car for a long time listening and you get to where your destination is and normally everyone would be like, oh, I can't wait to get out. But instead, everyone's sitting in the car waiting for the chapter to end. <laughs> right. right. Oh, I love it. And we, we the kids talk about it because we don't typically watch movies in the car um, just because they're, my kids are older. They're 7 to 12. So, okay. and they love books and they love stories. And so we figured, let's just go with that. Um, so we just 
pack them with library books and audiobooks and listen to those in the car. So I was curious to know if that was going to have the same benefit as as a story time. Um, and, and the other reason is because, honestly, my, my husband is the read out loud guy in our house. We'll have story night and we'll make hot, I'll make hot chocolate. So I do contribute. But I have, I don't know what it is. I, I have, I, I wish I could come up with a big word for reading out loud, but I have reading out loud narcolepsy. <laughs> Oh my goodness, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) I'll start reading to my children and totally nod off. I remember one time in particular, I was reading to my son and I was reading and it was like the Jesus Storybook Bible, I think. And then I said something about how Jesus then built a website (laughs) because I was nodding off. And I guess I started dreaming. I don't know what it was, but I totally started to fall asleep. And so I... Uh, yeah, I put on Adventures in Odyssey or will listen to audiobooks, but I am not great at reading out loud with my kids on a consistent basis. If I've just had some coffee or something, I'm usually golden, but my husband's the main read out louder. So it's good to know that the audiobooks have a great benefit as well. Definitely. Well, now, Jim Weiss, who reads those Story of the World mm-hmm. audiobooks, he came on my podcast on the fourth episode and I asked him about what to do when you get tired. He has some good tricks on there. He does say he thinks that you get really tired is part of the story acting, you know, having its effect on you. And a lot of the time I think it's just we're really tired moms. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not sure that it's me getting into the story so much as me needing more sleep. But <laughs> but he does have some good tips and tricks for kind of getting yourself to well, a whole bunch of different tips and tricks actually to help you stay awake and help you with character voices and remembering, you know, which voice is supposed to belong to who oh, and that kind of so thing. That's so hard because I love it to is. do the voices. I love it. But I then forget and I get all mixed up and yeah. So oh, that's good. I need to read that because he is <laughs> he's fantastic at all the yeah. different voices. Fantastic. He really is. Yeah. yeah. I think we have, well, I don't remember actually who did. Oh, the Chronicles of Narnia. I believe it was Kenneth Branow, however you say mm. his name, he did um, the first one, which isn't the Lion, the Witch, and the Lord, the, the Magician's Nephew, I think it was. Right. Mm-hmm. And he had all these, I mean, I was sort of blown away by all the different voices and how well he did them. And it was m- mind-blowing. When, you know, when you go beyond just listening to it, but then thinking about actually trying to do that. And right. it was just so good. And I think that was one of the first times I really thought about how do they keep track of that and how do they switch back and forth? So I'm curious to check that out. That's episode four, you said? Episode four. Yep. Very cool. Okay. So what if we don't have time? How do you find the time or make the time in the middle of a busy schedule to read out loud as a family? How do you, you know, it's almost like herding cats. How do you gather everybody together, maybe even get your husband on board if he's not on board. How do you do that? Uh, This is the struggle I hear about most. Whenever I ask the listeners of the Read Aloud Revival what they find most challenging about reading aloud more to their kids, it's always time. I think we're just all so crazy busy. It feels like we've got a million other things to do, especially things that we should do every day. You know, like so Mm -hmm. those kind of habits that we feel like we're supposed to get to every day. And they oftentimes just end up being sort of another way of making us feel guilty that we're not doing all the things we want to do. But I really suggest that parents begin by setting a goal of reading aloud for just five minutes a day, which sounds ridiculous. But hear me out. 
Um, I'm launching a Read Aloud Revival Jumpstart Challenge in the next week, actually. And it's centered around that very idea of if all you have is five minutes a day. So get this. If all you have is five minutes a day, but you really do it day in and day out, five minutes, not a minute more, 365 days for a year, you would read aloud for over 30 hours by the end of that year. That's crazy. It's like you could read the entire Chronicles of Narnia in that amount of time or, you know, hundreds of picture books. It's amazing. So I think um, a lot of times we kind of have this big idea of I need to read aloud to my kids and we make it this big thing. We have to sit on the couch and gather everybody up after dinner and sit there for a half an hour and do it right. And maybe if we make it this really small, manageable, very simple thing, Mm -hmm. five minutes a day, doesn't have to be perfect. Um, we could actually get in a lot of reading. Mm-hmm. Plus, I think starting is the hardest part. And so if you can start and you read five minutes, a lot of times it's really just not that hard to read five minutes more so you, or 10 minutes more or 15 minutes more. Right. So oftentimes it ends up being a lot more than that. But my, my advice is to start small. And so that's my big goal right now is to help parents realize that five minutes a day, you can squeeze in five minutes. Pretty much everybody can squeeze in a five-minute reading time. And if you do that, I think you'll see a lot of uh, a lot of reading aloud happening in your family more than you think you, you can squeeze in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it becomes something that they really look forward to as well. And, and, and it becomes less of you trying to round everybody up. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I have to say this might this might make me lose my motherhood card, but <laughs> I I bribe my children too sometimes. So when we would have we would have our family not technically bribe, but sort of we would have our family uh, story night. We would do it once a week, and when we would all sit down and we would have a bunch of books from the library back when they were more picture bookish, and now mm-hmm. we'll do a chapter book. Um, and you know we would light a fire if it was cool enough, and I would make hot chocolate. And so it, be, it it helped because they really looked forward to just the atmosphere of story night, the hot chocolate. Of course. And so then that way, we're it's something that we want to do, but it's also something that they want to do. So if we're feeling a little tired, then they're our motivation because they're like, Mom, are we going to have hot chocolate? I'm like, well, exactly. we only do that with story night. I'm like, can we have story night? Well, sure, kids. Yeah, exactly. A little good positive pressure there. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, you probably don't want to have hot chocolate every single day, but you could have tea time or smoothie time, you know, just just whatever, or, or even while you're eating a meal. Um, you know, kids, I don't know about your kids, but my kids can eat really, really slow. Yes, I was going to suggest that too. I think mealtime is really helpful because everybody's mouths are busy anyway. And so right. and they're all kind of a captive audience. They're all sitting there. So yeah, <laughs> it means you have to eat a little bit earlier or a little bit later or, you know, so there's a little bit of finagling there, but it's a good, I think that's a good tactic. Well, what are some of your favorite books to read aloud? Oh, I love this question. Um, <laughs> of course, not all books are created equal. And I, when I first became a parent, I remember taking my toddler into the library and being so overwhelmed. Mm. Like I knew instinctually that not all of these books could possibly be as good as each other, but I had no um, litmus test for figuring out which ones were really good and which ones weren't. So um, a few of my favorite that come to mind right away for really little ones, maybe for under threes, are anything by Eric Carl, like The mm-hmm. Very Hungry Caterpillar or Brown Bear, Brown Bear, What Do You See? Um, and then we love anything by Don and Audrey Wood. So my toddler's 
current favorite is the little mouse, the red ripe strawberry, and the big hungry bear, which is this fantastic. Which is important book. if you're reading to a toddler because it means that you're going to read it about three thousand four hundred seventy six <laughs> times a day, right? Exactly. Exactly. So you want to like it. Yes. And then as they get a little older, anything by Paul Galdone is really good. He does a lot of fairy tale and fable retellings um, that are just really well done. And then I think it helps to be a little bit strategic when you're transitioning a child from listening primarily to picture books to listening to longer narratives, like chapter books, because it's not something that happens overnight. They need a little bit of transitioning into that. So there are a few books I think that are really helpful for that transition time because their chapters are short and their stories are light and funny. I would say the Paddington Bear series is really good for that. Um, My Father's Dragon is that there's a trilogy there that are um, favorites for a lot of people. And then the Tum Tum and Nutmeg series is a series of a couple of mice that live in a home and go on all these adventures. And those are all good transition books And then the Little House books like we had talked about are probably my very favorite Mm -hmm. for the elementary years. Well, you know what, though? When those CDs, we we had gotten the CDs for our car. When they came in the mail, I think my husband was the most excited. because (laughs) Exactly. Because they're really adventurous and exciting. And, I mean, they... They're not just sitting in a prairie somewhere. They're going through all kinds of catastrophe and adventure and bears and all kinds of panther things. And uh, so if you have boys, it's great for boys as well as girls. Yeah, I think that's a common misconception is that Little House on the Prairie is for girls. But no, they're fantastic for boys. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think I don't know what the exact quote is, but I know that C.S. Lewis said something along the lines of, a really good book is as good when you're 40 as it is when you're five. Mm. And so I think it's like, you know, a really good story is going to appeal no matter how old you are. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a good litmus test for a good story is, are you enjoying it? Do you want to listen to it? I mean, that's why the Chronicles of Narnia are so fabulous because everybody loves the Chronicles of Narnia. (laughs) Yes, yes. So I don't have any high school age kids yet, but I have become completely convinced um, that reading aloud, well, Andrew Pudowitz, says that reading aloud to older kids is even more important than reading aloud to younger kids. So that's that's a pretty bold statement. But that I've become convinced that that's really true, that these when our kids are old enough to read to themselves, that's not an indication that we should stop reading to them. Mm-hmm. But it's a whole different, there's a whole different reason why. There's a whole different set of benefits that come with reading aloud to older kids. And um, my advice would just be to get a really good book list because I think a good book list is really invaluable. If you if you try to walk into a bookstore or into a library or just click around on Amazon kind of aimlessly, one of two things will happen. You'll either get really overwhelmed and just pick up something so-so right. and then not have a great experience or you'll pick up something that's not even that, I mean, that's just junk. The, the truth is that bookshops and, you know, publishing houses... P- they pay extra, of course, to put their books prominently out in bookshops. And so those books that are forward-facing that you see the covers of, mm-hmm. when you walk into Barnes & Noble, they're not put there just because the bookshop owner thinks they're great. They're put there because their publishers paid for that spot. So it's really important, I think, to get your hands on a really good book list so that you can find the best stuff, not just what the advertisers want you to see. So um, Honey for a Child's Heart yeah. and Honey for a Teen's Heart, those are both... Book, they're books of book lists, which is kind of funny, by Gladys Hunt. And they are 
awesome. Yeah, I, I had heard of, we have Honey for a Child's Heart, but I hadn't heard of Honey for a Teen's Heart. So I'll have to check that out because I have some almost teens. Yes. Good. We also have Read for the Heart um, by Sarah Clarkson. And my husband, that's what he uses every vacation to pick out books to get from the library for our trip to stick in the bags for the kids. And we found some absolute gems from that. Oh, um, awesome. She has yeah. a new book out that just came she out does. last month. She yeah. does. I haven't I haven't checked it out yet, but I really want to because I she's um, Sally Clarkson's daughter, for those of you who are familiar with Sally Clarkson. And so I've spent some time with them and I am just blown away by, I mean, Sally and her kids. I was sitting in, we, we had a little retreat a while back and I was sitting in Sally's living room with Sarah and Joy. And I think Joy is maybe 19 or something. And they were all having this discussion about Anna Karenina and Tolstoy. And I'm just sitting there I'm like, these people wow. are much, much, much younger than me and much, much, much smarter than me. <laughs> but <laughs> well, they she, love I'm reading. reading that new book. It's called Story oh, Formed. It's, yeah. It's really good. She's going to be on the podcast very soon on, on the Read Aloud Revival podcast. We're going to chat about it. So I'm really excited to hear her talk about the impact that Reading Aloud has had on who she's become. So. Yes. And she's just, you're going to love chatting with her. She's so full of wisdom and so eloquent, eloquent and gracious and it's going to be good. I'm excited oh, to good. listen to that one. Oh, good. Um, yeah, and I was actually going to say, I know that they just finished reading through a series this past summer or sometime. And, you know, her kids are, you know, all late 20s down to late teens. Mm-hmm. So, And they still all sit around and read together and they just take turns reading. So if you have read aloud narcolepsy, then as your kids get older, you can be encouraged that they can then, you know, take turns reading as well. So Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so for the mom who's out there and she's like, oh, I love this idea. I really, 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 really want to do it. But I'm just, I, I, I want my kids to love reading. Um, how do I go ahead and how do I help them develop their love for reading and their love for books so that they can enjoy this time that we have together. What are just some general, I mean, I think reading aloud is automatically going to help that, but what are some other ways we can help foster our kids' love of books and of reading? I think probably the most important thing is to model it, which we know, we know that I think, you know, as moms, we know that when we model something that speaks so much louder than when we talk about it or any intentions that we have all the tactics in the world really aren't going to do a look of good unless we model that love of reading ourselves. And I think that's probably why it's super important to kick off a new habit of reading aloud by reading one of your favorite books from your childhood. Mm. So if you just think back, I think sometimes, you know, mindful parents, we have this tendency to be really careful about what we want to read to our kids. And we think, okay, if we're going to sit and we're going to read together every night, I should choose something that's like, a tried and true classic, or that's really going to make a huge impact on the character formation of my children. Sometimes it's just important just to read something and have fun together. And mm-hmm. that that has a tremendous impact. And so even if it's something like Ramona Quimby, age eight, <laughs> or I mean, anything, the boxcar children from your childhood that you really enjoyed mm-hmm. and that you would have a lot of fun reading again, just because it would take you back, that enthusiasm is super contagious. And Actually, from a practical perspective, I think that makes it easier to do because if you are enjoying the reading a lot of time, it's going to be easier for you to say yes when your kids want you to read to them. That's so good. 
That's so good. And, you know, those memories that are built from reading aloud are just, I mean, they last forever. One of my favorite elementary school memories, actually I'll share two. One was my middle school teacher, English teacher, her name was Mrs. Calagius. And every year for all three years of middle school, she would read the worst Christmas pageant ever. (laughs) And that was just such a huge part that's probably one of the few things that I actually remember from middle school and it was just so much fun and such a special time for us just to sit around and she would read to us and then my grandmother when I was young would read the chronicles of Narnia to us Mm -hmm. and it was such a a strong and powerful memory Um, and so I just hope that everybody listening that you can take some of the stuff that Sarah has shared today and you can put it into action and you can build these fun memories with your kids and help develop their love of reading and maybe yours too. Maybe you've been spending a lot of time on social media or the internet and it's hard to read. And I have absolutely been there where it's been Mm -hmm. difficult for me to read and to keep my attention on something. But uh, somebody told me that, you know, reading is a muscle just like I mean, obviously not really, but <laughs> just like you, if you're going to go out running, you have to build up your endurance for it. If you haven't been reading in a long time, just sit down and make yourself read for just personally, even if you're not reading out loud so that you can build up that love for it and, and, and model it for your kids. But just set a little clock and start reading and build up your endurance and your ability to focus. And it's not only going to help you in your love of reading and in your kids' love of reading, but in so many areas of life because it's hard to focus Oh, I think that's so true. I think that's so true. You know, it reminds me, I know that Crystal Payne from MoneySavingMom.com, I know she has said that the way she fits in so much reading is a lot of times she just reads for a few minutes at a time or a couple of pages. Mm. So Mm -hmm. even when it comes to our own reading, I think if we kind of set those really small expectations, like I don't need to read a whole chapter. I just need to sit here and read two pages because I have a few minutes while I'm waiting for my kids to get their soccer cleats on, you know? Right. And it's something you can do like when you would normally check Facebook or Instagram, pick Mm -hmm. up a book instead. And it's, it'll have such longer lasting impact than knowing what your third best friend from second grade ate for dinner yesterday, (laughs) you know? Although that's so so interesting. I know. True. True. (laughs) That can't compare to C.S. Lewis, but (laughs) Uh, Sarah, well, thank you so much for joining us today. Would you just tell everybody where they can find you online? Absolutely. Everything uh, Read Aloud is uh, at readaloudrevival.com. All of the podcast episodes are there, of course. And I'm just now getting ready to launch a jumpstart challenge, which it's free. And it's just a kick in the pants, kind of get a read aloud habit going in your home. So that will have an e-guide and some useful printables and worksheets to kind of help you figure out when this, how this is going to fit into your life and a uh, private Facebook community to you know, toss around book titles and figure out what's working for other people. So all that, you know, you can get free access to all of that and listen to the podcast. Of course, there's a dozen or so episodes up now and uh, we'll keep going with those. So that's all at readaloudrevival.com. Fantastic. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today. I really, I really appreciate your time and your wisdom that you shared with us. So I hope oh, you have that a was super day. Thank you. You too. That was super fun. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, that's all that we have for today's episode of the Inspired to Action podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen. I know that there are a million things that you could be doing right now, and I hope that this episode has encouraged you. You know, if you have any questions or suggestions for me, just head over to inspiredtoaction.com and click the contact button to send me an email. I would love to hear from you, and I would love to do whatever I can 
to get the resources that you need to keep growing as a mom. And if you enjoyed this podcast, it would be awesome if you take a minute to rate it on iTunes. That's going to help more moms to find it and get the encouragement that they need. And as always, you can check out all the show notes for this session at inspiredtoaction.com. And you can also download any of our free ebooks or our free prayer calendars for moms at the blog. Just go to inspiredtoaction.com and click on the resources link. And my name is Kat Lee, and I wish you an incredible day with your family. And remember, you're a mom. You're kind of a big deal. Now go be awesome. It's early in the morning, the house is quiet. But I've set aside this time for you. I bow before the throne of a noble king. And in this place, my heart begins to sing. It's gonna be a good day, a good day filled with His grace, His grace and sweet new mercy. May my 